Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Unchained TV Voice America Radio. We've got breaking news to tell you about. We have a weight loss drug crisis in the United States, and there is breaking news today from CNN, and it's really, really very alarming. Two-thirds of Americans are overweight or obese. That is not the breaking news. We've known that for a long time, and it's getting worse. Uh, I even wrote a book several years ago called Addict Nation uh, and posited that essentially fast food is addictive. It's packed with sugar, salt, and fat, three ingredients that humans are biologically pre-programmed to crave to get through times of famine. However, because we don't have times of famine right now in the United States, we have overabundance What we have is an obesity crisis of the first order. And I want to bring you up to date on some breaking news. And before we get to our special guest today, who lost 70 pounds and is going to reveal the secret to permanent weight loss, I'm talking about Chef AJ. But check this out first. This just broke on CNN about an hour ago. And because it was so alarming, we decided to start our show today with this breaking news. It dovetails perfectly with what Chef AJ is going to be talking about, the secret to ultimate weight loss. So this is what CNN is reporting. Poison centers are seeing a nearly 1,500% increase in calls related to injected weight loss drugs as people accidentally overdose. And I want to read you the first sentence of this article. It is truly alarming. Poison control centers across the United States say they are seeing a steep increase in calls related to, I'll leave the brand names out at this point. We haven't been able to reach anybody uh, in terms of these companies and getting their reaction But poison control centers across the U.S. say they are seeing a steep increase in calls related to an injected medication used for diabetes and weight loss, with some people reporting symptoms related to accidental overdoses. Some have even needed to be hospitalized for severe nausea, vomiting, and stomach pain, but their cases seem to have resolved after they were given intravenous fluids and medications to control nausea. I mean, this is a a real crisis and a completely unnecessary crisis. From January through November, the CNN report goes on, America's poison centers reported nearly 3,000 calls involving an increase of more than 15-fold since 2019. In 94% of the calls, one particular medication was the substance reported. So here on Unchained TV, 
we have been offering people the solution for the longest time, which nobody uh, in government seems to want to promote, which is fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, and legumes. And as I mentioned, in just a couple of minutes, we are going to be talking to the woman who is perhaps the most famous plant-based chef who lost 70 pounds eating potatoes. That is the incredible chef, AJ. And she um, essentially uh, transformed her life uh, by eating potatoes, which completely belies the notion that carbs are bad. So there's a before picture and there's an after picture. And so we are so delighted to welcome Chef AJ. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jane. Nice to see you. Yes. And, you know, it's so not funny, but alarming that just as we were getting ready to introduce you, a breaking news story came over CNN. And I'd love to get your reaction to it. Because essentially it says that this this literally happened less than an hour ago. Wow. Centers are seeing a 1,500% increase in calls related to an injected weight loss drug or drugs as people accidentally overdose. <laughs> I mean, uh, what kind of sick society have we devolved into where you're giving us the real secret, the secret to weight loss, which is a simple transition to whole foods, nuts, grains, legumes, fruits, and veggies, and yet people are choosing to inject themselves with drugs instead and risking overdose, Chef AJ. That, that's just very sad. It's very tragic. And it just shows that people are stuck in what Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer call the pleasure trap, you know? And if you, it's, it is sad, you know? I think about like, you know, when I was in my 30s, Fenfen was the drug, you know, and then the the uh, FDA found out it was causing heart lung defects. Right. And I, I just think it's I don't know what the answer is. It, I mean, I, we know what the answer is, but we don't know the answer to how to change people's minds in, in transitioning to a vegan diet or a whole food plant based diet, because that would solve pretty much the obesity epidemic. Sure. Some people would still be overweight eating higher calorie or high fat vegan junk foods, but it wouldn't be like it is now. That's for sure. I mean, the crisis is getting worse. Is it not? We've been talking about this for years and it's two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese, but the obesity crisis is actually worsening right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, and I, I, it's funny because when I watch an old movie every now and then like breakfast at Tiffany's, the people were not overweight because they were actors, it was because they weren't, you know what I mean? There would might be one character actor that was like overweight, but now it's just, it's the norm. And if you're not overweight, you're sometimes even ridiculed and shamed for that. And then you have the whole issue of body shaming where it's become very politically incorrect to point out that somebody's overweight. You know, when I gain a few pounds, I'm the first one to tell everybody, Oh my God, I'm a yo-yo. I'm on it. I'm back on the whole food plant-based Forget about all those, uh, you know, uh, fattening pastries. Um, but but doctors are afraid. Doctors are afraid of 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 getting bad reviews, you know, on health grades and Yelp. And, and so a lot of times they they don't even say anything. And you know, there's these cards now that people buy where they hand them to the doctor and say, "Do not weigh me. That's shaming me." And there's certain medical conditions 
it's important for a doctor to know the weight, like if people are retaining water, you know, things like that. So you can't, you know, you can't mention anything about anything anymore, but I'll tell you, weight is just. Well, what you just said is a shocker. I had no idea that there are cards now you can hand to your doctor and say, don't weight me because correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the American Medical Association did diagnose obesity as a disease. So that's like, you know, uh, I'm a recovering alcoholic, 28 years sober, knock on wood, one day at a time, got any wood around here. But, um, you know, uh, only my best friends told me I had a problem. My fair weather friends were like, oh, you were fine. You know, you've got to have a certain amount of honesty. I want to jump into calls because everybody loves you, Chef AJ. We've already got a bunch of callers. Uh, we got three callers already. Michelle in Los Angeles, your question or thought for Chef AJ. Hi, thank you for having me on. Well, I was reading that article as well, Jane, and I have to say that it's really shocking and crazy. And I think uh, Chef AJ's fix of whole foods and using desserts that are, are, are from fruit and natural sources, how do we get, so my question is, how do we get people to um, want to do that and and go towards a more uh, natural diet and make it easy for them. I think that's the thing. Like they think it's too hard. Sheesh. I don't know how you can get anybody to do anything, but I think you can lead by example. And desserts, I always felt were one of the best entries into veganism or whole food plant-based eating. Because for example, if you're trying to get a hardcore barbecue meat eater to eat like a fake burger or something, that might not fly right away. But if I can make a chocolate peanut butter cheesecake and I can give it to anybody and they're not going to say, well, where's the dairy? Because they're not going to know. And that's why I think we became a pastry chef. Dr. Neil Barnard once said to me when I was on Cupcake Wars, draw them in with the desserts and then you hit them over the head with the kale. And so I think desserts are a great entry point because it's, and make the food delicious. You know, that that's always worked for me to get people to eat the food because I, I make delicious food and that happens to be vegan, that happens to be whole food plant-based, you know? And we've got a bunch of clips of your incredible desserts and other food. Let's go to Annie and Sherman Oaks, your question or thought for Chef AJ. Hi, thank you for having the show. Oh my gosh, love you, Chef AJ. Thank you, Zane. Love you too. And um, I want to know, Chef AJ, your incredible shows, I see. What got you that aha moment that you decided you're going to change your whole diet and what made oh, you, you know, yeah. take this pathway? Excellent question. Thank you. Well, well, I changed my diet when I was 17 first to just a vegan diet, totally ethical reasons. I was a freshman at the University of Pennsylvania studying to be a veterinarian. I joked that I became a vegetarian because they were doing animal research and I cut the head off, unfortunately, of one salamander. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. But when I really changed it, January of 2012 was because I had broken my knee when I was 50 years old. And I was just, I was, let's face it, I was too fat to even use a walker or crutches. And I had to be in a wheelchair and it was embarrassing and it was humiliating. I couldn't take care of my basic needs of going to the bathroom. And, you know, I'm like 50 years old. My husband is basically doing that stuff. And it was like, I'm like, I, I you know, as soon as I get out of this wheelchair, I'm doing something. It's so funny that the orthopedic doctor, he says to me, he goes, you know, have you ever thought about weight? Like every pound of overweight is five to 10 pounds of additional pressure on your joints. And I'm like, oh, no, I've never thought about losing weight. Of course I did. Wow. Well, you apparently lost 70 pounds. 
uh, which is pretty darn exciting. Um, eating potatoes. So that is also really wild. How did you lose 70 pounds eating potatoes, Chef AJ? Same way that Andrew, Andrew Taylor did or Linda Middlesworth. You know, potatoes have one calorie per gram. They're about 365 calories per pound. You can't gain weight eating potatoes. It's what people are putting on the potatoes, butter, sour cream, bacon, cheese, or frying them in oil, which is 4,000 calories per pound. It really is probably the, the biggest weight loss secret and the, the easiest food to, to help facilitate weight loss because it's also so satiating. You know, if you talk to Dr. Susanna Holt, who invented the satiety index, a, a boiled potato or, you know, the steamed potato is the most satiating food in the world. And so it works great and people have done it. And it's, it's just so satisfying. You feel so full of your calories and you can also include, you know, grains and beans and fruits and vegetables, but potatoes are the ticket. Don't believe me. Try it. Other people have, you know, uh, what was his name? Chris Voigt, the head of the Washington Potato Commission. He spoke at one of Dr. McDougall's conferences. You know, he wasn't even vegan, so he was probably using oil and cheese. But again, he ate nothing but potatoes for 30 days and he reversed all of his markers for high cholesterol and high triglycerides. So I don't know, potatoes have been getting a bad reputation for for a very long time, and it's really undeserved. They're also very affordable. Have you noticed you could go into the 99 cent store and get a 10 pound bag of potatoes for 99 cents? So, I, I you know, I want to make potatoes great somehow <laughs> because they well, are great for health. We've got a we've got a video of you from New Day New Chef, our incredible cooking show, making potatoes. Let's go through the ingredients. What sure. have we got here? Yes. So, Talk us through. All right. So I basically have potatoes. I am making a double potato panini pizza. Yum. Wait, wait. A pizza made out of potatoes? I know. Isn't that great? You can't be fat eating fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes unless you're adding a bunch of sugar, flour, right. oil, and salt to them. Right, right, right. And that, yeah. So the whole, the more whole food, obviously, Look the better. This I know is. it is gorgeous. And I'm so bad at plating, so you have to show me how you do Whoa. this. <gasps> Whoa! This is like, oh my gosh, this is so gorgeous. This is like a work of all. That was a potato pizza absolutely yeah. amazing oh i have to make that again that's right because the crust is a potato it was just simply hash browns made in a panini press and then it had mashed potatoes on it yeah that is delicious actually all right we've got nilo far in dallas texas question or thought for chef aj hi it is such a pleasure my question is a bit more nuanced um how do we get these uh, vegan restaurants um, that offer comfort vegan food to offer more healthy options? I mean, I've thought about um, just approaching the chef and saying, hey, do you know about Chef AJ? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it can be done. I don't know if you're familiar with Howard Lyman, the mad cowboy. He did it where he lives in Ellingsworth, Washington. I did it to a few restaurants when I lived in LA. I live in Northern California now. And not only are the restaurants offering vegan choices, even if they're not vegan, but even SOS free for a small group of us, which are sugar, oil, and salt free. So you got to talk to them. You got to go there, not during their peak hours, first of all, like but during an off time. And, you know, navigating the menu is something you can do. So you look at the menu and you see what they already have and you can see what the potential is. But the thing is, is restaurants will make healthy food if people will eat it. So you have to support them. They can't just be, you can't just be the only customer unless of course you can create a special on their menu. And so what we do up here is we have meetup groups and they commit to eating at the restaurant like once a week. And more and more people come, but, but you do, 
you know, if you can, you can sometimes inspire the manager, the, you know, the, the chef. Sometimes they are interested in this. It, you know, I, I don't know what to say because I don't know where you live, because if it's a big city, it might be a little easier, say, than in a small town. But I think it can be done. And they can often navigate the menu for you. If you can see, like, for example, that there's spinach in a spinach omelet, well, they have spinach. If they have beans in a, in a burrito that maybe isn't vegan, you can sometimes customize things. And maybe talk, tell them about other chefs that have done it, like Chef John at Faux Fresh, who I interviewed on my YouTube channel, for example. You know, it's not easy because, let's face it, sugar, fat, and salt sells. You know, Dr. McDougall always says, no salt, no sale. People love sugar, fat, and salt. That's what restaurant food is. That's what processed food is, whether it's vegan or not. And if people aren't eating this way, they generally aren't going to probably want to order it at a restaurant. I can tell you that when I lived in LA, there were a couple of restaurants. One was called Gratis. It was on San Vicente, and they didn't use oil. And one was called Local Nocal, and and they failed miserably because the thing is, is restaurants are in the business of, of making money. Business is the business of business. So I, I'm not saying it can't be done, but just try with the restaurant that's closest to you, that's your favorite. You never know. Hugo's Restaurant, for example, in Los Angeles, they have a couple of locations. The chef was very interested in creating some of these dishes. So they have some oil-free dishes, some vegan dishes. It is hard because they're, they're in business to make money. And I want to say that tonight I am going to my dear friend, um, vegan chef extraordinaire, Karen LaCava, she uh, was talking to the owner of an Italian restaurant in where I live, the Venice, California area. And they said, well, we're not a vegan restaurant because they had invited her over. And she said, well, somehow she convinced them to let her take over the restaurant tonight and make a five course prefix vegan meal. And I am one of the many people who've paid to go there tonight to have a fabulous vegan dinner. And she is teaching the chef at that restaurant um, a lot of tricks in terms of creating vegan dishes. And I think that is a great template. We're going to videotape it and go live tonight um, to try to establish a template for other vegan chefs to also um, make the same effort to tell a non-vegan restaurant or a pre-vegan restaurant, hey, let's take over. If we manage to fill it and show you how to make great dishes, maybe you'll add some more vegan options. So that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and so shout out to Karen LaCava for doing that. Elvia in Los Angeles, your question or thought for Chef AJ. Yes. Hi, Chef AJ. Hi, Jane. So my my question is regarding sweets. As a Latina, um, we eat sweets, like sweet pastries, and I've heard um, proteins help you take away the craving. What do you suggest? Like what foods would you suggest to take away sweet <laughs> craving? Well... First of all, one way to start taking away sweet cravings is to stop eating so many sweets. But I feel that the food that is best for sweet cravings are greens because they have a compound in them. Dr. Michael Greger talked about them in his book, which was called How Not to Diet. And I mentioned them briefly in a note in my book, The Secrets to Ultimate Weight Loss. They're called thylakoids. And what they do is they, they're magical. They somehow block fat absorption and they just stop the cravings for sweets. And that's why I've always recommended to people that are struggling to lose weight or have sweet cravings or food addiction leanings to start their day with in a savory way with vegetables. That doesn't mean that's all you have. You want to have your starch and your potatoes, but steamed kale, steamed broccoli, Brussels sprouts, 
they really do fight cravings for sweets, but also you, you want to also satisfy your sweet tooth without sugar. So for example, there's nothing wrong with having a sweet tooth, but you want to satisfy it with whole natural fruit. And that, those are two things that I recommend and they, that can really help you. Now I want to talk about this. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of yours and you recommend dates and a lot of your incredible desserts involve dates. So um, I bought this date mix online and I've had it in my fridge for a couple of weeks now. I have some questions about it. Uh, first, let's play a video where you're making something with these incredible dates as opposed to sugar. And then we're going to talk about it on the other side because I kind of I kind of hit a wall. Like I took a look at this and it really kind of I was like, what do I do now? Uh, so let's look and then we'll go into it. I'm going to pop these in the oven and then I'm going to show you how to fill the ones we've already made. So I'm going to take the crust out of the oven. One of the things about being a recovering pastry chef is I almost don't even need to use gloves anymore. Now I'm going to show you how to fill them. It's so easy. We just take our macerated berries. These are the ones that were just macerated an hour ago. And you can see that they've already given up their liquid. They've been marinating in that delicious Simply Leaven from California Balsamic. And I am just going to fill each individual tart shell as full as I possibly can. You know, I just got back from teaching hands-on cooking at the world-famous Rancho La Puerta Spa in Tecate, Mexico. And the students love to make this recipe with whatever fruit they grow there. So that's a delicious dessert. I have to say, full disclosure, uh, Unchained TV uh, has a 21-episode cooking show. It's on Unchained TV. It's on Amazon Prime. It was on PBS stations. And they're actually going to run a best of on PBS stations again. And you were one of the hits. You know, the crew is not necessarily vegan. And after you finished making one of your desserts, literally, there was like a stampede for that chocolate cake with the dates. And I was in right in there trying to grab it. And I, I've never seen anything like it. Like it, people were crave like crazy for your dessert. And this is what I remember was this dates instead of sugar. So I ordered it, but then I looked at it. I don't even know if I've, oh, I did open it, but how long does it last and what can I do with this? So, so I'm guessing that you have what's called date paste there or uh, so, so that, that's the thing. So I like to use whole dates. Like you, you've probably seen them, Jane, that you've might've heard them called Medjool or Declan, or you get them at regular grocery stores in addition to, you know, stores like Whole Foods and Sprouts and Trader Joe's. And what I like to do is instead of using that hard brick you have, which is delicious and you can, but you have to somehow rehydrate it a little bit so that it's going to blend. And I like to just take the dates as they are. We'll pit them, of course. Sometimes they come pitted. And then I soak them in a liquid. It can be plant milk. It can be juice. Usually it's just water to make what's called date paste. And when the water kind of starts, the dates start getting absorbed by the water, I put them in a food processor fitted with the S blade. And then I have this lovely, very pliable paste that I can be adding things to like my oats, for example, to make crusts. So that's what I do. I also use something called date syrup and date syrup is commercially and widely available now 
just even in stores. I mean, believe it or not, you can get it at Walmart. You can get organic date syrup by a very reputable company called I Love Date Lady at Walmart. It's high in minerals. It's vegan. It's organic. And so what you have can be used, but you, you're going to have to make it a little bit softer to, to be able to, to do something with it in the food processor. So uh, last question about this, because I am curious and I thought, well, I'm having you on. I'm going to ask you, how long does this last? I, I put it in the fridge and I don't know how long I can. Well, that, you know, OK, so if, it, if I would say it's probably going to last a good six months. If you're worried, you can freeze it. Uh, you know, I think if it's refrigerated, it's, you know, that's the thing. When you even buy dates at the store, they don't even have an expiration date on them. I mean, I've never actually seen one, you know, because they're dried fruit. And so, right. yeah, uh, somebody's saying they buy the dates from Costco. Me too, because yeah. they're, that is the best price I've seen, guys. Uh, $7.99 for 40 ounces, which is two and a half pounds. That's really, really quite and a those are real dates. Those real dates, they're the Deglet Nor and they come pitted. And that's actually where I buy them too, because I've never seen prices lower online than, than the Costco prices for, for the Deglet Noor. Now, Medjool dates are a bit more expensive than Deglet Noor. They now, tend to be about, a little sweeter. Okay, so what about, okay, we've established, and the lady who calls that as a Latina, I love sweets. Well, yeah, but so do the Germans. So does everybody. I think, I think, I think uh, that's the first taste that we have with breast milk. We have taste buds on the tip of our tongue for sugar. So I think every culture, honestly, I, I, I don't think I've met a person really that doesn't like sweets or love sweets. I think it's pretty normal. And when I do meet them, I'm very jealous because I definitely also have a sweet tooth. And mine stems from the fact that my parents were macrobiotic when I was growing up and they would never let me have sweets. Um, and I would look at the like the snowballs and all those things. And uh -huh. I said, when I grow up, I'm going to eat those. So there's a psychological component, too. But let me say this. Um, what about agave, mm -hmm. uh, maple syrup? Uh, stevia powder. I mean, obviously all those are better than white sugar, right? You know, okay. So, so yes and no. So I always think about my mentor, Dr. Ellen Goldhammer, who says just because something is less bad doesn't mean it's good. So sugar is sugar, salt is salt, oil is oil. It's still, let, let's talk about the ones that have calories now, the maple syrup, the agave, uh, coconut nectar, all those things. They're still about 60 calories per tablespoon. So they're still pretty caloric, right? Sugar is about 1800 calories per pound as opposed to fruit, which is about two to 300 calories per pound. Whole fruit has water, fiber, vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, micronutrients, any kind of processed sugar, even, you know, even maple syrup, it's, 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 it's missing all the micronutrients and all the fiber. Fiber is what helps you feel full. And that's really important for many reasons, but especially for people struggling to lose weight. So if you want to do like a hierarchy, I would say, you know, uh, the best thing to do is eat just fruit, like real fruit. And then the next best thing is to use the whole dates. Then the next best thing maybe would be the date syrup, but it's still pretty concentrated. And then maybe maple syrup next. You know, I look at it like, can I make it in my own kitchen? And so I actually, even though I choose not to do this anymore now that they have a good quality organic date syrup, I can make date syrup in my own kitchen by boiling dates and straining it and things like that, reducing it to, to, to basically you know, a, a degree that I can easily blend it, but I can't make maple syrup. I don't know very many people that can tap a maple tree and get 40 gallons of sap to 
to reduce it down to one gallon of syrup. I don't even know how anybody makes agave, but I will say that agave, from my understanding, is higher in fructose than even high fructose corn syrup. And that's probably not a good alternative for most people. I would say, like I said, whole dates, uh, date syrup next, maybe a little bit of maple syrup too, but it also t- really depends on, on what your goals are. I try to really just stick with dates. Now let's talk about stevia. So the, the problem is that these zero calorie sweeteners like stevia, erythritol, xylitol, mannitol, stevia is natural. Yes, it is natural if you're eating the green leaf, but most people aren't. Most people are taking a very highly processed powder or liquid, which is thousands of times sweeter. And what happens is, you know, we have taste buds on the tip of our tongue to taste sweet, to taste salty as well. And when when our taste buds taste sweet, our brain gets really excited saying, wow, calories are coming, but then they don't come. And it actually, you pump out more insulin, you actually get hungrier. And the studies are showing that people that have the diet sodas, whether it's, you know, aspartame or stevia, they actually eat more calories than people that actually eat sugar who wow. is as bad as sugar is. And also, you know, the, the, the American Cancer Society, the American Heart Association say that we really, just like with saturated fat, we don't have a minimum daily requirement for sugar. And so that if we are going to include it, it should be no more than 5% of our total calories. But for a woman, that's about 90 calories. That's about five teaspoons of sugar. And if you take a traditional dessert, whether it's vegan or not, it's you're already technically over the limit. So I, I guess the answer would be whichever one that you're going to have the less, the least of is probably the best one. Also realize that stevia has been linked to really disrupting your gut microbiome. And so in all the ones that end in OL, the sorbitol, the mannitol, the same thing, they're not really good for the gut. And I think it's misleading to think because they have no calories or fewer calories that it's going to, to, to be better for you. And also, I think for people with food addictions, they're probably worse because they're so high. The sweetness you get from stevia and all those fake sugars is much higher. It's a much bigger, like, you know, than you get from even sugar. And I think people just want more and more. And I think they justify the fact that it's fewer calories that they can have more. So I would say that the best amount is probably none, but uh, eat the fruit, the whole fruit. Yeah. Well, I do stevia like in my tea, but um, I'm going to get it down to a couple of grains as I uh, listen to you and absorb uh, progress, not perfection, as they say. You know, there are teas, can I just say there are some wonderful teas that don't need sweetening. I don't know if you ever t- tasted good or sweet and spicy. It comes caffeinated or decaffeinated. It's got so much cinnamon in it. It actually doesn't need sweetening. But the other thing you could do is you could soak dates in water and use that water to make your tea. And it would be sweet without having to add the chemical of stevia. Wow, we are so honored and excited to have Chef AJ, um, who I was so blown away by when she appeared on uh, New Day, New Chef, our award-winning vegan cooking show on Unchained TV that won two taste awards, considered the Oscars of food. And we had a lot of top chefs on, but when she made her date-based dessert, again, this is my date paste. I've now finally figured out (laughs) AJ what to do with it, but- um, people went crazy. The crew who were not vegan per se, just everybody just literally were fighting over scraps. It was that good. It was so the strawberry chocolate cheesecake chain. I, because I can't feel your day pace. Is it very hard or is it a little bit pliable? No, it's pliable. It's pliable. I actually ordered it from that, that company 
uh, Date Lady, I think oh, it's well, that's great. I have that too. Okay, so yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. So do is just you know put at, when it's at room temperature put it in a food processor you could take a rolling pin and roll it you can make you can make some really wonderful things with it wow that's so incredible so yeah. i want to get to your story okay. your story is very fascinating uh and basically not to listen i think we all have before and after pictures maybe a few supermodels don't but I've got mine, so I don't want to just play it for the sake of it. But you did, and you talk about this all the time, lose 70 pounds primarily by eating potatoes. And you have written so many successful books, including um, weight loss books, The Secrets to Ultimate Weight Loss. What is your journey? How did you um, become the, the queen of <laughs> Well, because everything else didn't work at first, you know, I, I, I have been vegan for 47 years and for at least about 35 of them, I was overweight, probably obese, depending on whose chart you're looking at. And, you know, I think I struggled like so many other people with what's called the pleasure trap, because you know, think about it, our whole environments, whether everywhere we go, uh, processed food, whether it's vegan or not, it's socially acceptable, it's easily affordable, it's readily available, it's cheap, and it's, you know, kind of delicious. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I loved it. I mean, you know, I, and that's pretty much what I ate. I didn't understand food addiction. I didn't even know it was a thing until probably 10 or 12 years ago. And I realized that I was behaving with food the way that people that have a drug addiction or alcohol addiction were behaving with alcohol, that I had to have certain things. I had to have them in large quantities. I had them have them every day, or I would basically be in a very bad mood and have very difficulty getting through the day. I mean, when I think about when I was 43 years old, I was so addicted to caffeine and sugar that, I mean, what kind of grown up starts their day with a Coke Slurpee? I mean, that's weird, you know, now that I think about it, but, but, you know, when you're in the throes of addiction, it, the behavior almost seems normal because that's, you're doing what you need to do to, to survive. And I remember I always had to make sure that whatever job I had or wherever I lived was walking distance to a 7-Eleven, because if I didn't have my fix, I can't, I couldn't drive. I was so, so addicted to that. And it wasn't just a Coke Slurpee. I had to add eight extra pumps of sugar through in the form of vanilla syrup, mainly because I probably would have drank coffee like everyone else, but I had an ulcer when I was young and coffee and caffeine, or at least coffee just always kind of, kind of upset my stomach. And, you know, it's funny because when I went to the Optimum Health Institute on July 6, 2003, which was the last day I knowingly had processed sugar, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how bad I felt when I quit. I mean, that's kind of how you know it's an addiction. If you can't go without it one one meal, let alone, you know, one day, you probably have something that looks a little bit like an addictive process going on. And it was, it was really hard, you know, and, and the reason I did it, it's interesting because I wasn't doing this, you know, being becoming abstinent of sugar, you know, necessarily to lose weight, although that can help with it. I had developed precancerous polyps in my sigmoid colon at the age of 43, I was actually bleeding and I had been vegan for 26 years. And I'm like, how is this possible? Yeah. Well, I was a junk food vegan. I wasn't eating any fiber. I wasn't eating fruits or vegetables or whole grains and legumes. And hello. I mean, that's, and have a strong family history of colon cancer. So that was my first wake up call was that I better do something because I, they couldn't remove them during the colonoscopy because of the state of ill health and disarray that my colon was in even after the prep. And they were saying like, we're going to have to have surgery. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, that, so every, 
actually, anytime somebody threatens me with surgery, I am so good at changing because that's when I changed the diet the first time. And then the second time when I basically was still vegan, but just decided to do a more whole food plant-based lower calorie density. When I broke my knee, it was the same thing where you've got to have surgery. And it's like, no, I don't. I mean, I just, I am so afraid of surgery because I had an allergic reaction to it when I was a teenager. And I, I'm just like, well, let, me, let me ask you a couple of questions. And that's incredible. Then you switch. You said, okay, first of all, the difference between um, alcohol and drug addiction and food addiction is you don't ever have to have alcohol. You don't ever have to have drugs again, but we do have to negotiate with food every day, which makes it uh, in some respects even trickier than your classic addictions. Can you address that? Yeah, actually, it, I think it is for a lot of people because when you think about it, I mean, you you have to make an effort to buy drugs. I mean, you got to know something. You know, I, I wouldn't even know if somebody said, go, go get me some heroin or cocaine. I'm like, where do you go for that? I'm sure people that are in that world know. But think about it. Everywhere you go, whether it's your kid's soccer game or Michael's, it's a craft store. Joanne's, it's a fabric store. Home Depot, it's a hardware store. Why do they have candy at the register? Petco, how many dogs and cats do you know that eat M&Ms? It's insidious. It's everywhere. And so you're constantly being bombarded with it. You know, a long time ago, they were able to advertise alcohol and cigarettes on television and magazines. Not there anymore, but food billboards for, you know, the, the, the value meal all over the place. It's really hard. And like you say, you nobody has to smoke or drink or do recreational or the, those kind of drugs. But at some point, you got to eat food and it is hard. And, and the thing is, is people aren't being supported. I mean, even people that just want to be vegan for health or ethical reasons or environmental reasons, they're generally not supported by other people. It's, it, it is very hard. And I acknowledge that. I did not realize how hard it was going to be for most people. But our environment, unfortunately, predicts our success. And most of us are living in an unclean environment. You know, you know, as, a, as somebody who struggled with alcohol, that you don't buy alcohol. You don't have it in your house. Well, if you're struggling with junk food or sugar, you really can't have it in your house. And they say, well, but my husband doesn't want to do it. My, my kids don't want to do it. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you because I've been saying for years, if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. I love that. If it's in your house, it is in your mouth. That is a great takeaway. So let me ask you a little bit. One of your things that you suggested is to start the day with greens. I'm trying to picture that because I'll be honest, I'm not into giving up coffee. Okay. Oh, have, coffee. have the coffee. In my years, I will be drinking coffee. Um, I'm not saying I'm proud of it. It's just a fact. Um, I've given up a lot, but I'm not giving up coffee. You don't but have to. Think of, of eating in the morning. Actually, it's not really where I think of eating. I don't really right. think of breakfast. But how do you start the day off with green? There's a, there's a couple of ways. And first of all, I've never eaten in the morning. I, I mean, regardless of what my weight was, even, at, you know, I had recently done a water fast at the True North Health Center. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be starving the first. No, I, I just don't get hungry until lunch. I mean, that's how it's been my whole life. So when I say for breakfast, breakfast literally means breakfast. So whatever the first food you're eating of the day, make sure there's some greens in it. It doesn't mean to just eat a pound of steamed kale plain. It means that have it as part of your breakfast. So for example, if you're a person that eats oatmeal, instead of always having a sweetened oatmeal with maybe dates or sugar or bananas, have a savory oatmeal with some greens and shiitake mushrooms and sun-dried tomatoes. And just 
you know, not every vegetable will be appealing to everybody, especially if they are a first in the morning breakfast eater, but find the one that you like the most, or at least hate the least, and just have that at least have your first taste of the day be something savory that's green. You know, Dr. Esselstyn recommends that his patients eat green six times a day, about the size of the fist, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and three snacks. I mean, they're so good for you in general. Now, the French do have salad for breakfast. I don't know. I really just heard this, but I don't know if that's a fact. I guess having a salad for breakfast wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Or a smoothie. You know, I, uh, by the way, I, I train, people see an overnight success, whether it's in weight loss or show businesses, like it happened overnight. It didn't. It took 52 years for me to be an overnight success in weight loss, but I did things in increments. So in other words, I didn't go from being overweight to having steamed greens for breakfast. There was transition stages. So I started out first with fruit smoothies. You don't go from Coke Slurpees to steamed kale. I went from Coke Slurpees to fruit smoothies. I went from fruit smoothies to smoothies that had greens and cocoa powder and dates in it. I went from that to green smoothies, which were green with fruit. And you you get what I'm saying? You don't have to do everything all at once because even small incremental changes when done consistently over time can lead to huge results. You know, this idea of these tiny habits. And so I prefer savory now to sweet, believe it or not. I mean, I'd I'd rather eat chips and salsa than cake. Honestly, I love savory foods, whereas I lived on sugar for 43 years. So just find ways to include vegetables in every meal. There's the stealth method where you're hiding it, for example, like in, 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 in smoothies, for example. But just make sure, if you can, that half your plate at every meal is vegetables, especially green vegetables, especially the cruciferous ones. And, and that will help your health. It will help your arteries. It will help you lose weight if that's your goal. Vegetables are 100 calories per pound. You can't overeat them. And they really are one of the biggest secrets to health and weight loss. So let's talk about fruit because you hear people saying, oh, fruit is very high in sugar. And, you know, if you have too much fruit, I personally like perhaps the sweetest fruit of all mangoes. Like mm-hmm. I can make a mango smoothie that tastes like ice cream. Um, so where do you stand on that? Well, I stand right next to Cyrus and Robbie. I'm sure you're familiar with those wonderful doctors from Mastering Diabetes who basically eat a very high fruit diet, even though they are type 1 diabetics. Fruit is two to 300 calories per pound. There's some fruits that are as low as 67 calories per pound. And it's, I mean, how fruit does not cause you to gain weight. It does not cause diabetes. I'm sure you've had Dr. Barnard on the show who talks about that. Yes, it's high in sugar, but that sugar is mitigated by the fact that it's also, if you're not eating dry fruit, full of water, fiber, vitamins, phytochemicals, antioxidants, micronutrients. I think for people that are hardcore sugar addicts, though, just starting their day with sweet fruit may not be optimal. Everyone has to know themselves. Eat fruit with greens. That's another way to make salads and even steamed kale delicious. Put in some mango. My God, it's put in some pineapple. So I would eat fruit, but I wouldn't necessarily eat it just by itself. I'd eat other things with it, like fruit with greens. Um, we have so many questions for you. Uh, one thing I want to ask you is about your um, other it's, it's really one of the things that you're known for, and that is the Instant Pot. I'm going to play Instant Pot. I love it. You know, I want to play a little clip, though, of you and the pressure cooker, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. You cannot open this. You cannot open this. Cheap. 
one of the strongest men who we've had on the show could not open this. Right. Um, and the way that you are able to open it is by releasing the pressure and releasing all of the steam. You can even give yourself a high antioxidant facial while it's releasing. And how long it takes to release the pressure. Can you smell that? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. The whole house smells incredible. How long it takes for the pressure to release depends on how full the contents were. So if I'm cooking some greens in the morning, it takes just a few seconds to release. But we had a full pressure cooker here, yeah, so it could take a minute or two to release. Yeah, so um, that's another one I grappled with. <laughs> I wish I lived in L.A. so I could give you hands-on instruction in using date paste and using a pressure cooker. Why is the pressure cooker so important? I think because if people are going to adopt healthy habits long-term, it has to be easy, repeatable, and fast. And that's why we can never compete with fast food in the drive through because it's cheap and easy. It's called the conservation of energy principle, right? And with an instant pot, or it doesn't have to be instant pot, but with a pressure cooker, you can get healthy meals on the table so much more quickly. Nothing wrong with the old fashioned way of cooking on the stove or even using a slow cooker. But if you come home cranky and tired and hungry after work, those other methods are going to just take too long. You can actually, you know, things that take a long time to cook, for example, let's take steel cut oats or, or oat groats can be done five minutes in the pressure cooker. I How love about rice. How about brown rice? Well, okay. So I'm going to be honest. That's the one thing I don't use my instant pot for. I just cook my rice in the rice cooker. It's just easier for me. And plus, to be honest, I mostly buy the frozen organic rice that you can get at most stores now that takes three minutes to microwave. So that the grains is not something I actually do in the pressure cooker, but beans can take a very short amount of time. What I like to do, Jane, is take recipes like my cauliflower bisque, where I'm literally taking this huge head of cauliflower that maybe weighs two pounds and putting in a huge sweet potato that weighs two pounds and a peeled onion, some garlic and some water and some spices. And I put it in there for like 10 minutes. And then I take an immersion blender and go and add a little plant milk. That's how I cook. I want it to be easy. For me, I mean, I, just because I went to culinary school and learned fancy stuff, I don't eat like that. Wow. So let's ask you about starches because starches have a really bad name right along with fruit. Yeah. Uh, but you obviously are pro-starch because you, you've said publicly many times you lost 70 pounds on potatoes. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I hope you'll have Dr. McDougall on your wonderful show sometime because he is the, the king of explaining how starch is to the hunger drive like oxygen is to the breathing drive. These people that say that they're fat because they eat fruit or starch, show me the evidence. I've never seen it. I, I mean, they've had four, you know, how many thousands of people go through the True North Health Center? I've never seen it. It's not from whole plant food. It's not possible. Maybe if you're just eating peanut butter, which is, I guess, a whole plant food, you cannot gain weight from eating these foods. It's not possible. You're eating something else. Either oil is sneaking in or animal products, dairy, you know, maybe some of the peanut butter, but it's, it's just not possible. It is absolutely impossible to gain weight eating starch or fruit. Not well, let's talk about raw Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people. We even have a show, Dorit, Elegantly mm. Raw. She makes great stuff. Um, I uh, Okay, so a lot of times I'm steaming vegetables, right? And then, I oh, I'm taking a call. Oh, it's been on there. And then they look pale. Yeah. And I think, oh, all the vitamins are gone. Okay, so here's the thing. Not all of them are gone. It's true that cooking reduces some of them, but there's actually some plant foods 
where you have greater microabsorption of nutrients by steaming them, the lycopene in, pota- in tomatoes, the carotenoids in carrots and sweet potatoes, the lutein in greens and spinach. These actually make these nutrients more bioavailable. There's no population in human history that ever ate a raw food diet. And I'm not saying it's not healthy. I did it for two years. I was still obese and I never felt full. I never felt satisfied until I stopped being afraid of starch. A raw food diet is extremely expensive for most people. Uh, I think raw food is really wonderful. I think you should eat salads and I think you should eat fruit, but I think for most people without the starch, they're not going to be able to sustain a vegan or a whole food plant-based diet. Wow. You are just answering so many questions that I have. Okay. Let's talk about the big three, sugar, salt, fat. So uh, I had read somewhere because I didn't even realize the huge amounts of calories that I was pouring on with the oil without thinking. And when I found that out, I was like, oh God. So I use a spray, but I'll be honest, I need a little spray oil, just having those veggies without any oil at all. Jane, have you tried balsamic vinegars? Have you tried? I, I, I'll send you some. I mean, I, I California no, balsamic. Just tell me. Uh, yes. Well, you featured that in your potato episode. You dressed it with balsamic vinegar. So tell me, why is that better? Because that seems a little sweet too. It, okay, it is sweet, and there are savory flavors. It doesn't have to be balsamic vinegar. But what I'm saying is, there's other things you can put on vegetables that will make them tasty that aren't oil. So I mean, a lot of people like nutritional yeast, for example, or I don't know, Bragg's amino acid, or coconut aminos, or I mean, there's ways to cook vegetables to make them taste delicious without oil. Roasting, for example. So what I do is I roast Brussels sprouts, and now I do it in the air fryer because it's easier than do the oven. I like things that take less time. And I like to put a little bit of Dijon mustard and balsamic vinegar as a glaze. I mean, they're delicious. Uh, just roasting vegetables, even sometimes with nothing on them for some people are, are wonderful as well. So the thing about oil is it's not a whole food. It's not found in nature. There's no, you know, oil ponds or oil trees out there. There's olives in nature. There's coconut in nature. It's 4,000 calories per pound. And like you mentioned earlier that we have over 70% of the people overweight or obese, why feed them something that's, first of all, non-nutritive? Because there's really, I mean, what is it there in oil? Some trace vitamin E. I mean, one tablespoon of oil is 140 calories with seven grams of saturated fat. We don't need any saturated fat in our diet. And not only does it clog up the arteries, but it's it's it actually coats your taste buds. So that makes it more difficult for you to taste the food. And then you're going to have to add a lot more salt and then, you know, sugar, fat, and salt. They're all addictive, but even more so when they're combined together. So one of the easiest ways for people to lose weight, even if people don't want to go vegan or all the way is stop using oil. If you want to use whole food fat, nuts, seeds, and avocado, they're much lower in calorie density. They have the fiber and the nutrients intact. They're going to be much more satiating. You don't get full from oil. It slips under the radar undetected by your stretch nutrient and calorie receptors. So, you know, there are ways to make food to taste good without it. I promise you, uh, it just maybe you just need to find some of those tweaks for yourself. Let's hit the big one. Salt. Yeah, that's the hardest. And, 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 you know, people think like I'm SOS free. Perfect. I'm not, I don't cook with salt and I haven't since 2008, but I'm lazy too. So sometimes I don't make my own salsa and guess what? There's sodium in there. And sometimes I don't want to make my own mustard, even though I don't know how, and there's some salt in there. So 
I would say that for people, sugar, oil, and salt, salt is always the hardest, even when people are hardcore sugar addicts, because salt is, you know, it, it, let's face it, it makes food taste better. It really does. But it also stimulates the appetite and it contributes to what's known as passive overeating. And so people that salt their food eat something like 11% more calories than if they didn't. So if you can eat your brown rice or air pop popcorn without it on a given day, and then on another day, put whatever it is in the salty stuff on it, you, you'll notice you just eat more food. And then also then after you eat salt, what do you want? You want something sweet. So the king about explaining why salt is maybe not the best thing would probably be Dr. Alan Goldhammer because he's probably the strictest when it comes to that. It, it is hard because we have taste buds on the tip of our tongue. We love salt. You know, when, when you hear that saying, he's worth his weight in salt, salary, the word salary came from salt. It's such a precious commodity. But here's the thing, you need sodium, which you can get if you eat enough calories from whole natural food. You don't necessarily need salt. And what, about, what about pink Himalayan salt? Uh, that's what somebody's asking. Yeah, so, so I personally don't recommend any salt and I don't use any salt. I think if somebody needs something salty, what I would suggest is miso, miso paste, a fair, preferably a low sodium one. A lower sodium coconut aminos. There's one you can get on Amazon that's only 25 milligrams of sodium per teaspoon, which is really, really low. So people have to take the time to neuroadapt. And what that means is if they can go 30 days without assaulting their food with all the salt, they will learn to love the taste of whole natural food without it, but it can take a while. It can take up to 30 days for the food to, to become delicious. So what I recommend for people is at least do one thing. You don't have to cook with the salt because it dissipates anyway. Like if you're making a soup or something, have it at the table, let everybody add their own. You, know, you ever meet these people? I, I, I know somebody, they don't even taste it and they're already salty. That's me. That's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I, that's why I feel like, you know, my, my uh, questions to you are probably questions that other people have as well. I'm not the only one who likes salt and who struggles with, okay, one more zap of oil. And, uh, you know, uh, getting back to, we only have a couple of minutes to our lead story, this absolutely shocking report out of CNN today that there's been a 1,500% increase in calls related to injected weight loss drugs as people accidentally overdose. What would you tell people who are like, I got to lose, I'm just going to go on one of these drugs? Well, I would say do something else first. Take the McDougal program. Do, do, take, just do something else first. People say, I've tried everything. Really? Have you been in the McDougal 12-day program that starts next month? Have you done that? Because until you have done that or something similar, it doesn't have to be Dr. McDougal. I just say that because I'm one of the teachers of the cooking in it. Then, then, then see, see what happens. But don't, don't make that be your first choice or gastric bypass be your first choice. Do something like a program like that or go to the True North Health Center and then tell me you want to take weight loss drugs after you see the wonderful results you're going to have in your health. We are out of time. I want to say you are my hero. You are so fun. You make compassion, healthy eating, uh, and cooking just an absolutely fun adventure. And you can watch uh, Chef AJ on Unchained TV. She's uh, one of the stars of New Day New Chef. She also has her own channel on Unchained TV, which you can download on your phone. You can go to unchainedtv.com or your TV. Any Samsung TV, like the Samsung TV I have behind me, or if you have an Apple TV device,
device or a Roku device. And uh, you can also just go to UnchainedTV.com and watch as well. So I just want to say thank you so much, Chef AJ. You rock. Come thank back you. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week. Thank you.